All right, Buzz Buzz, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of Blake's Buzz. And this week, we've got another Blake on the show. We're going to confuse the fuck out of you, but that's okay. One of us makes comics, one of us talks about comics. It'll be easy to distinguish once the once the conversation gets rolling. I'm here with Blake McCarthy. He's got an awesome comic that had a successful Kickstarter called Territory, and it's coming out with its second issue. And we're here to talk about it and why you people should give Blake your money. Blake, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm good, Blake. Thank you for that lovely intro. It's good, always good to talk to another Blake. You know it's going to be a good time, so <laughs> appreciate you having me on and uh, hyping it up. Yeah, this will be the the only time where I'll get to do the the two Blakes one pod. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any other comic. I mean, maybe an artist, but I don't know any other like Blake comic pros. I haven't come across yeah. any. No, I'm not. There's none to come come to mind. So we're a rare breed. That's right. We got <laughs> we got all the Blakes in one place right here. So so we you did territory. And you had a mm-hmm. you had a pretty good campaign. Um, you got and it, it you funded pretty quickly too, if I remember right. Like you guys weren't it, it wasn't like a last minute scramble, right? Like you guys were sitting pretty for a while. Uh, yeah. So for the first issue, we set a goal of uh, fifteen hundred dollars, and we funded that much um, within a week or a week and a half. It was pretty quick, which was awesome. Um, I kind of intentionally set it low just to make sure we funded because I didn't. This is my first. That was my first comic. My first. Um, time really doing anything like this so I had no real idea what to expect going into it and uh, fortunately I was hoping it would go a little higher we finished up around 3,000 so I was very happy with it and um, you know it was it was a success and I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, building on that for the second one. This seems to be a new strategy I've come across in in Kickstarter like like a fund or like, you know, start low, but hope high kind of, uh, I mean, like some people, like they'll put out, I mean, they're on like multiple Kickstarters and like the funding goal is like 600 and they, they go like way past it, but it's just, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, my personal, uh, kind of strategy behind it. And I, you know, I've also seen that and I don't know if, if this is kind of everybody's was two things. One, um, so I paid all, I had the book pretty much done by the time it launched. So I already was heavily invested. So I needed, you know, just any money I could get. So setting a low funding goal was at least, you know, I felt pretty good that I would get at least some back. And then two, I feel like, um, you know, with stretch goals and things like that, like it just kind of creates more opportunities for, you know, kind of marketing for hype to be like, look, we hit our funding. Now let's look at these other things we can kind of add to it. So just, you know, I think it kind of, keeps people excited like they see it successful so they want to buy in and you can also you know start adding on to it you know kind of just to keep keep the hype levels up so that was that was kind of my goal um i did i am going a little higher with funding goal for this one because i did invest a little bit more um and hopefully you know with, with some of the audience we built on the first one we'll be able to i feel a little bit better about hitting it I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to like toot your horn too hard, but like, I want the second issue. Like, I really, I really dug the first one. Like, I want, I want to see where, you know, this, I want more of this story, this world. It, uh, are you keeping like same, same artists, same creative team? Everybody's the same. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you dug it. And yep, it'll be the, the core creative team is the same. Um, so I, I wrote 
I wrote it. Uh, Chris Sassman is back doing the pencils and inks. Uh, he's out of South Africa and he's amazing, man. Um, he is, I think I'm lucky to have found him when I did, cause he's just getting started out. He's only been drawing for like two or three years, which you look at his art and you're like, there's no way, you know, cause it's just so good. Um, and then it's, it's sand and sore, but excuse me, it's sand and sorry is back on colors. Uh, out of Indonesia and they've worked uh, together in the past and so we've got kind of a good team dynamic and then Marco Deliverde is back on the letters and it's been nice having him because he's kind of a, a veteran in the industry been doing it since the 90s and the rest of us are a lot newer so it's nice to have somebody who you know has seen all this through he was great just kind of uh, you know, procedurally throughout the thing, I'm um, pointing out little things that we might have missed or things, you know, that could come up as an issue later and trying to fix them kind of before they became a problem. So everyone's back. Uh, we got a couple of new cover artists, which I'm excited for. We brought one of our uh, cover artists back because her first one was so awesome. Martha Wormers, uh, Wormersley, she did, had kind of that crazy neon one. Oh, um, yeah, the uh, kind of blacklight sort of cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. So we, yeah, so she had that for kind of the first kaiju in the first one, and now there's a new kaiju in the second one, and she'll be doing a similar cover with a new kaiju, same kind of crazy blacklight neon color scheme. So, I'm glad you dropped the K word, because I was I, <laughs> that was one of my questions that I wanted to ask you was like, is – is this it's well it's a lot of things it's not just a kaiju comic but this is a this is kind of a kaiju comic like that the the bear mm -hmm. deer monster is is a kaiju yeah that was uh so i was actually i wanted to write a kaiju book like that was that was before i had any idea of a story that was what i wanted to do i'm a huge godzilla fan um you know and, and really just kind of kaiju in general since i was a kid um it's always been something that's really appealed to me um and i think comics there's not a ton of kaiju comics but there's been a lot of there's some cool ones coming out recently like ultra mega i feel like it's kind of coming maybe a little bit more mainstream the kaiju score was really good um, and so that was i wanted to make a kaiju book i love the big monsters love the design i think it's just a fun thing to play with and then it was kind of fun you know starting from there and being like okay i want to make a kaiju book but how do we make it you know different because anybody you know there's most uh, so often when people think kaiju they just think you know two big monsters fighting smashing cities but there's really nothing else going on so it's how do we build a, a meaningful story around it and how do we kind of make it stick out which is dangerous because that's like I, I remember the discourse around like the the new godzilla films and you know i've i like them i i don't have i don't i'm not nitpicky like you give give me giant monsters give me explosions and cool special effects i'm a happy camper right but i remember so many people were like uh uh the first one they were like it's too much of the they're too much of the people bullshit we need more monsters and then godzilla king of the monsters came out and just gave us all monster fighting and and no like drama and everybody was mm -hmm. like there's no story and it's just like man you can't make anybody fucking happy anymore and then totally. i loved like godzilla godzilla vs kong like the new one was amazing i had so much fun with it um but yeah i'm i'm the same man uh ultra mega is one of my uh new favorite books and it's just mm -hmm. so nuts and it's i'm yeah. super bummed like that it, we have to wait till next year now to like the long break for arc two um mm -hmm. and kaiju score was excellent as well like i'm glad you mentioned that that was a good that was a great mini series um so so you have made this world in territory and you're i like i like your monsters like they're well i mean we did the what we see that the giant bear with the antlers 
mm-hmm. but I mean, is that is that going to be kind of like a vibe you're going with? Like, are we going to see the, this like amalgamation of like, you know, earth animals like in nature, just like kind of mutated and monstercized? Yeah, uh, that, that's exactly the vibe. I mean, it, it was just kind of, you know, once we built the world for the story, it was like, OK, you know, we kind of it was a post-apocalyptic, post-nuclear and it's again kind of that nuclear fallout, like, you know, kind of it's a human problem. Humans cause this. And how is that reflected in nature? And these these kaiju in the book, they're called behemoths, are um, a reflection of that kind of human effect on nature. And so there are these, you know, mutant monsters created from nature. And so they're supposed to feel animalistic. They're supposed to feel primal, you know, obviously not realistic, but more realistic than like a, a Godzilla monster, say, where you know, it's clearly, you know, kind of a, a crazy design. Like this is supposed to be something that feels, you know, like it's just kind of grown out of this uh, poisoned earth. And um, so, you know, has that natural feel, but it's just twisted and, and become something unnatural. Who um, was that like, uh, was that on you or was it like uh, kind of your artists? Like just to put antlers on a bear, man. I mean, like I, I wouldn't have ever thought of it and it looks so fucking cool. Like I mean, that, that was one of the best parts about your campaign. You had some really great cover artists, right? Like you get, you, mm-hmm. you guys yeah. had some show stopping looking variants and the, the, the art is great. Um, the, I, I mean, I, I can't, your, your art team's very talented. Uh, and so like to show those sample pages and to show that bear and then like the, the variant covers that you guys did. I mean, I, I, it, it was very attention grabbing. And so like, was that like, are you designing these? Or are you kind of letting your artists roll with it? Or is it like a mix? Um, so I have the the idea in mind. Uh, so I actually wrote all six issues. It's going to be a six issue miniseries. I wrote all six issues um, before I reached out to an artist or anything. Um, so I had an idea in my head of what I wanted it to look like. But like I said, Chris is just next level. And, uh, and he's really awesome to work with too. Like he's a super cool dude. We talk pretty constantly um, kind of throughout the whole process. And so when we were kind of uh, concepting it, you know, I had the description and it was, you know, basically kind of a bear with antlers and I, you know, wanted to add a few other features just to make it look a little less natural, a little bit more monstrous. Um, but then he really kind of took the idea and brought it to life and, and uh, you know, kind of came up with this concept that was even better than what I had in my mind. And it, it, you know, it really looked ferocious. It captured that primal feel, but it was this big intimidating. And like you said, eye catching thing. And, you know, and that's like what would catch my eye about a book like this is, you know, the same thing. Like I like the monsters. I want to see the big, you know, the big, cool, scary monsters. Like that's what I'm here for. And he delivered in that. And it is such a eye catching, like just awe inspiring presence, which again, just kind of fit into, um, you know, the, the role that it was supposed to play in the world we were building. So uh, he's, I mean, every, you know, I give him the general idea, but he takes it, I'd say way beyond what, you know, the words I write when I send it to him. So, so we're talking about Chris Sassman, who's your artist. Mm -hmm. And so how these are, uh, so it sounds like a lot of your creative team is outside the country. So like, how do you, as, as someone who like myself would one day, I write, I used to write short stories and stuff and I'm, I'm kind of trying to get back into it and, I, I, you know, I have that dream of like making a comic book and, and, and right now it's, it's, there's like no easier time to do it. You know, if you, if you can find the talent and you can, you can put it on Kickstarter, you can get it funded. You can, 
you don't you don't have to have a publisher behind you anymore you know you can tell the stories you want to tell but like how do you how do you track down these people and, and then more importantly like you know just you know once you find someone and and you you're like oh i like your art or oh i like your colors and i think you'd be a good fit for this like how do you go to the next step and say like oh i can probably work with this person because i feel like I mean, just like, just like dating or like meeting someone new, you know, like that's like a, that can be an intense relationship and lots of things can go wrong. So like, how'd Mm -hmm. you pick your, how'd you pick your team? Like, how'd you find the magic? Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I mean, I think we're just lucky uh, with, with, you know, I mean, social media and the internet are far from perfect, but what they do do is they open up the creative world to everybody. You know, you don't have to know a guy or you don't have to live near someone or even, you know, be able to just call more of the phone. It's so easy to connect with people. Um, I actually found Chris on Reddit initially. Uh, there's a, a comic collabs subreddit. And uh, once I had it kind of written and I was, you know, decided that I wanted to move forward with it. I was looking at artists all over the place, Instagram, uh, that Reddit, um, you know, art station, uh, just kind of, you know, wherever I could find them, just saw his post, reached out and uh, asked him for some concept art at first. And like I said, he's just such an easy dude to work with, too. And so not only did he send me some amazing concept art, but just kind of the conversations we had to get there, you know, um, super chill. It is a bit of a time distant, uh, difference. I'm here in Colorado. Uh, he's in South Africa. So it's about an eight, you know, eight <laughs> hour difference. And then our Ishtan, the colorist, is in Indonesia. So that's another difference. But um, we got a, you know, we got an Instagram group. Um, and Chris and Ishtan had actually worked together before. And so he brought Ishtan in. He said, he said, hey, this guy's great. I work really well with him. And I checked it out. And um, so fortunately, I just got lucky there and that Chris already knew him. And then um, with the letter, it was just the same thing, just kind of browsing portfolios, reached out to Marco, super easy to work with. And uh, like I said, it was nice to have somebody with some experience too, just to kind of help us out. So we do, we do a lot of, uh, you know, communicating just, you know, over Instagram and he'll send me sketches and, and pictures of what he's got going on. Um, you know, but we've also had a lot of FaceTime, some calls and stuff, just cause you know, with, with something like this, it, like you said, it is an intense relationship. You want to make sure you're on the same page. And I think just being able to talk stuff out and, um, you know, it's fortunately we, we kind of think alike and, and we work really well together and I, I feel very lucky to have him on board. Um, but also lucky that we have all the you know ways to connect that we do in kind of today's day and age, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah. We, we, we are lucky with the, when the technology works, we're lucky. Like as, yeah. as we <laughs> yeah. like as we talked about right before we started recording, I I feel like every time I hop on now, like I have some weird audio issue, and my MacBooks oh, yeah. from 2013, and I'm I just know it's like any anything I put it through, it's like fuck you, dude. I'm tired. <laughs> it's stressing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool, man. And I I think it's very smart. I think one of the so uh, I'm just gonna run around in circles here for a second, but that I've heard from numerous people that a lot of kickstarters suffer from trying to save money with a letter and or or just not using one or and you know just like typing in your bubbles and stuff like that and a lot of the successful kickstarters that tend to make waves that tend to come back and have successful campaigns after successful campaigns 
they pay a little extra money for a letterer. And it sounds like that's what you've done. You've, you found, you know, a seasoned pro, like a lot of you guys are new at this and, and, and you know, letters do a lot more than a lot of people give them credit for, you know, and, and which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, I review comics, man. And like, there's, there's still some companies that, that I love and I love their stories, but they don't even put the letters name on the cover. And this is like today, like after people have thrown fits about like how we need to like, you know, let people know these people's names and and give recognition where it, where it deserves. But um, I I mean ha- having a having a season letter on your book, I think makes it stand out. Yes, the art is great and everything, but I mean your your book just looks professional. It's very clean. It's very, um, you know, the pages are great. Coloring's great. It's paced well. Uh, your the layouts are good. You know, and that your your panel layouts aren't the same on every page. You get that you get that variance that keeps it interesting. That keeps your page turns exciting. Um, I I mean, did that? Did you do that on purpose? Like, did you kind of hear the same advice or? or would, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, like you said, I think they're kind of the unsung heroes in a lot of way the comic industry because, uh, like you said, it, it's a lot more than just you know letters. It's a lot more than just typing. Like a good letter has a really good design sense. They get the everything you talked about. They get the layout of the book. They get the pacing. You know, just like an artist, they're directing your eyes with where they put their bubbles, how they put things. You know, how how it flows throughout the page. And if you have somebody that's just putting it, you know, wherever they think it'll fit, like it's going to be confusing. It's going to feel choppy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and Marco does, he's got that great design sense. He's got, you know, he understands what the book is supposed to look like. He understands, you know, how to, how to move from one panel to the next and one scene from the next and how to use lettering to do that. And then on top of that, um, you know, there's some, some cool sound effects and stuff like that. And he, he definitely crushed it on all those too, which again, just adds that extra bit of vibrance to the page, makes it feel more alive. You know, if you've got a book where it's just talking the whole time, but you don't have any sort of background noise, I feel like that, that kind of takes you out of it a little bit. You know, it feels like you're reading a script, but when you have those, those sound effects and some of that stuff going on in the background, that's just, again, that's more world building. That's more, you know, it, it helps the audience kind of buy into what you're trying to get across. And, and he's been great at all that. And yeah, I definitely, I feel lucky to have him on board for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, not his lettering, his design sense. Um, and also, like you said, just having a veteran guy too, like getting, getting, sending him layouts, uh, you know, sending him different files, making sure everything's right for the printer, making sure everything flows like it's supposed to. Uh, he he does a lot of that behind the scenes. Um, and it seems like fairly effortlessly, but it would take me forever. So <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, we have him and he's so good at it. So, so you, you get, you get the story in mind, right? So you get, you, like you, you said, you had, you scripted all six issues of territory before. Mm-hmm. So like, what made you, I mean, what, what made you say like, oh, this has to be a comic book and not a short story or like, or a novella or something like what, I mean, are you, are you like a big nerd, you big comic book fan or like, do you, this is how it had to be? Like, what's your nerd background? Yeah, uh, so I, I grew up reading comics. Um, my dad was uh, mostly Marvel, but, you know, grew up reading them since I was a, a little kid. Um, you know, I was introduced to Spider-Man at probably around age seven and have been reading comics more or less since then. Um, and it was, it was kind of funny because I'd actually taken a break from comics for probably about four or five years, not intentionally, just kind of had other stuff going on. And uh, when my first son was born, and when he's starting to get older, I was, you know, kind of starting to get him into it. And I was like, oh, yeah, these things are awesome. You know, I don't know why I stopped reading them. 
And uh, once I kind of got back into him, got into him with him again, and it's, uh, I've had just kind of, I've, I've wanted to write something, create something for a while, but I haven't really known like how to do it. And once I kind of got back into comics, it all just kind of fell into place. Like, you know, these, this would, this would work as a comic, you know, having that visual, um, you know, to kind of back up the story uh, just really seemed to, I felt like I could tell the story the way I wanted to tell it. And uh, comics just kind of was the, the medium to allow me to do that. So I think it, it was just kind of that once I got back into them um, and having those story ideas that kind of been in the back of my head for a while, it, it just kind of fit together. Like, all right, this is how I can bring these to life. And, uh, you know, it took a little, it took a, a lot of research on how to actually make it happen and how to write in a way that was appropriate for comics because I hadn't really written anything before. So, um, but it was, you know, fortunately, there's a lot of, again, a lot of stuff online, a lot of stuff that, you know, I think if you're real passionate about it, there's a lot of resources. And so just kind of delved into that. And as it started to come together, I just felt good about it and decided to take the leap. You can also start a podcast and interview writers and artists and steal all their ideas. That's what I'm doing, basically. <laughs> I think that's brilliant, man. I mean, yeah, just, you know, build it all up, get the take what you like leave what you don't exactly yeah, yeah learn, that's a good learn, call. learn learn from the greats like see how see how kickstarter <laughs> campaigns run like yeah um so that's cool that you so you you don't have like you didn't really have a writing background you just you just were getting back into comics and then had this found this story to tell yeah um so I, yeah because I've, so I've never done anything like this before i kind of played around with screenwriting in college i uh, actually went to college for advertising thought i was going to be a copywriter um worked in advertising and hated it and uh changed careers but it, I, you know and it was because i wasn't able to kind of write creatively but i and i so i just kind of had a bunch of stories in the back of my head but i didn't you know i didn't really know how to write them i didn't know how to get them out there um and so like i said it was the comment you know once i got back into it it was almost just kind of like a, a revelation like oh this is a great way to tell these stories you know i've I've read so many great comics over the years and a lot of them have influenced me in, you know, kind of the stories I think about and the stories that I remember and the stories I like. And so I think just like kind of realizing that, oh yeah, this is a great storytelling medium. You know, a lot of people think of the the drawings, the action, the superheroes and all that. But I think, uh, you know, once you start looking at it as a storytelling medium, there's just a lot of flexibility. There's a lot of options. And so it's a really fun way. There's a lot of stuff for you to explore and you have a lot of control over it in a way that you may not necessarily have in kind of other mediums. So, um, you know, it just, yeah, it, it all kind of came together and I'm really glad I did it. Like, I feel like it would be hard for me to tell this story in any other medium. Yeah. It would, I, after reading it, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, it could work. It, it, it could obviously like, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a bridge between, you know, like, uh, comics and cinema you know especially in the way like we write the stories you know in the scripting there it's not an exact you know an exact translation between the two but there are a lot of similarities but i mean yeah this i mean it could work as a novel it could work as as a movie it 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 kind of reminds me of of uh very it's it's very its own thing but just the 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 future like i you know in the future and and some of the wardrobes it reminds me of like the uh horizon zero dawn the the video game oh that's yep 
So I actually, uh, I'm, I'm actually playing that game right now. I hadn't played it when I wrote it, but I, I just love the aesthetic from the trailers. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a huge influence on the aesthetic. I, I hadn't played it yet. Um, I am playing it right now, and it's pretty awesome. I, I wish I'd done it earlier, but it, it's funny because that was like, I just that mix of kind of you know the primal, um, you know, kind of the tribal attire in that post-apocalyptic setting. You know, it's kind of jarring. They, you know, they kind of work against each other, but in a lot of ways, I think it works really well, um, you know, because it's almost like a reversion back to nature, which was one of the themes I was going for. So it's funny because that was actually aesthetically one of the influences, even though I didn't really have a lot of knowledge about the game. It, you know, just from what I've seen from the promotional materials and stuff, um, it, it gave me a lot of ideas. Yeah, it. I mean, like like we talked about earlier, like the eye grabbing aspect of it, like mm-hmm. that, that game, like people who don't game know about that game like it's just you know from the the beautiful imagery and the commercials and stuff and the new one coming out for ps5 that like Mm -hmm. that's i just and i are we ever even going to be able to get a ps5 to play this damn game i don't know but i mean but yeah yeah one day right (laughs) they gotta come out i'm hoping that they come out right around the time like oh we can buy them and we're gonna knock a 100 bucks off of it that's what i'm hoping like yeah because we're That's about there yeah if you look at like the the way the consoles have come out before like i mean usually like almost a year or like six months to a year after is when you get the first price cut or they do like the different version that does something new or so yeah mm-hmm. but i mean i guess it i guess it's kind of crazy to talk about getting a price cut when you can't even find one like <laughs> yeah it's the whole thing is insane to me and yeah I'd like I'm at I'm at the point where I'm like I'll get one someday, but I, I'm not I'm not stressing about it because yeah it's just it's yeah like it's like the winning the lottery get one of those things which is uh, yeah. crazy like it's winning it's like winning the lottery to give a company your money like <laughs> let me buy your thing I'm trying to give you my money like, just take it and they're like no I'm good it's like, all right well fine <laughs> yeah I was at a I was at Walmart the other day like getting some stuff and and I walked by like the saddest video game display and it's like they had this whole deal <laughs> set up for the PS5 and there's just nothing there it's just this like right. empty crate and I was just like like wow i was like that's so weird because i i got the ps4 and the xbox one i i got them both on accident the plan was i was working in a bar and so (laughs) Uh like you know i was like i would take my i would take some my tip money and make payments at gamestop and so i had them pre-ordered and i would like every week or every other week i'd like throw 50 down on each console and Mm -hmm. the plan was is I, i couldn't decide which one i wanted right and mm-hmm. so I didn't want to miss out. And so I, I talked to the GameStop guys and I was like, well, like, I was like, if I, you know, if I cancel one of them, like you'll just refund me or put the rest, pay off the other one. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. And so then <laughs> I ended up having them both paid off and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just get them both, I guess. So I yeah, got the, yeah. I got the Xbox one and the PS4 day of like st- stood in line, but had my deal reserved. It was easy. I got no, no struggles, yeah. but I mean, right. I guess we also didn't have like the new COVID world where plants are shut down and they're not making the the computer chips and stuff that they need and all this and now we don't have paper like now now like you can't print comics because we're the world's out of fucking paper which i'm sure you're you're loving that coming about to launch your second kickstarter because that's that's kind of going around right now the the uh, fulfillment woes like people are having trouble getting stuff printed Mm mm-hmm well and yeah and i got lucky uh with the first one i was able to get it printed 
um, and get it shipped out. But even then, it was there was a delay in printing. And actually, it wasn't a paper shortage. It was just a staffage shortage because of COVID. So that kind of delayed the printing for a little bit. And then I still have one backer who I haven't been able to get his book to because he lives in Australia, and they're not even taking packages right now. So, mm. I mean, it is it is crazy. And it was like, you know, this is the first time I've ever dealt with, like, shipping or fulfillment, too. So that's its own world <laughs> on a normal occasion. And now there's all this other stuff. But the, the nice thing about the Kickstarter community is they're pretty understanding, um, you know, at least from my experience. Like, uh, you know, people get it. Like, people are aware of what's going on. And, and they realize that, you know, you're you're doing you're you're doing this a lot on your own and and so fortunately um everyone's been pretty cool about it but it, it does add a little bit of stress to be like well i hope we can you know actually make this and things will exist <laughs> by the time it, it needs to be made so what what was your initial campaign experience like so this is like this is this is usually this is your little story baby right you're mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you you had this you had this story in your heart that you had to get out you've never made a comic book before you're you're new to kickstarter you found this creative team you'd already <laughs> invested some money into it before the campaign mm-hmm. went live like you said so you had most mm-hmm. of everything paid for and ready to go like are were you like just staring at your kickstarter app like all day every day or did you separate yourself from it because i feel like there's there's that there's two sides of this coin there's like the the compulsive like every dollar that changes you're going to know about it or the there's like the other guys who are like i'll look at it if i get worried you know like (laughs) yeah i mean i I tried, I intentionally tried to distance myself some just because I, you know, again, I kind of read and I, like, I knew it was going to be stressful. Um, and, uh, so yeah, you know, definitely like that first week you're like, you know, you're just so curious. Like you can't not look like I was, I was always, you know, just checking just to see and, and hoping and, you know, just like, it was interesting too, just cause you know, when you're kind of trying to figure out who your backers are and a lot of them, you know, you have no idea. It's, it's just, you know, it's somebody that you, you have, you've never met, you've never had any you know contact with, and, you know, and they're, then they're willing to support you. And it's, it's awesome, but it's also just kind of like crazy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm glad people are buying in. It's crazy that, you know, people can buy in on this idea from this guy who's, who has never done this, but I, I think it is, you know, I really enjoy, I'm very happy Kickstarter's around, obviously. And, and I do think it's such a boon to the comic industry and just creatives as a whole, because it does give you that outlet where, like you said, you don't have to have any big name, any sort of backing like that. Like if you have, you know, if you really have the, the um, passion and the talent to make something you know you have the team around you to make something that you think people would be interested in um you know and there's there's other parts of it too like marketing and stuff but it at least gives you an opportunity to put it out there and and see what people think and see if you can get people to buy in so it was it was really exciting it's definitely nerve-wracking um you know when you hit your goal it's it's such a relief and it's you know you do feel a sense of pride and accomplishment just because you're like i did it you know i said i was going to make this thing and now it's actually going to get made which is awesome um but it is you know it's it's just awesome to have that out there and i'm i'm curious to see now with the second one having been through it once you know kind of how my thought process is and and how kind of the perspective on it changes yes speaking of that like what's um you know for 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 people out there listening that you know maybe you're getting ready to do a kickstarter or do another one i'd a lot of a lot of kickstarter people listen to the show and because a lot of them Mm -hmm. come on the show too that um yeah but like what uh what advice would you give 
to to listeners or other people wanting to launch a Kickstarter campaign, like now that this is your second go around, like what are you gonna do? Are are you gonna do anything differently this time? Um, what's you know like wh- what do you know now that's gonna make it a little bit easier? I guess for sure. Well, and just to to start, like you said about having Kickstarter creators on here and people listen to the show, like one of the biggest things that I really did appreciate was just the indie comics community, you know, the Kickstarter community, but the indie comics community as a whole and and people like you that give us a chance to get our message out there to, you know, to make our voices heard to, you know, be like, Hey, we've got this, you know, dream project we've been working on. But a lot of times it feels like you're yelling into the void. So when Mm. you've got like somebody like you that, um, you know, is willing to have us on and help spread the word and hype us up and, you know, post and retweet and stuff like and just and there's so many people like that in the indie comics community it's really awesome like that alone is a good feeling just because you can tell there's a bunch of people who are doing it because they're passionate about it they want to make comics they want to make cool stuff and you know they're they're hype they hype each other up they help each other out and that's really awesome um as far as like advice you know one i still feel like i'm very new at this so take everything <laughs> i say with a grain of salt i'm by no means any sort of expert um i think you know just having some sort of um, promotional plan in place. That was the hardest thing uh, for me because I actually didn't, I don't use social media really outside of kind of to work on territory stuff and to kind of promote the book. And it's, it's cool because I've, I've, it's, I've engaged with any comics community there and there's a lot of other cool people on there just to kind of talk to and stuff. But again, my social media is like almost exclusively comics driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not, you know, if you're not familiar with it, kind of come up with a plan. And then at least for me, it was, I really want, like, you know, I thought about what do I look for in a Kickstarter campaign? What, what catches my eye? What kind of rewards am I interested in? And really trying to deliver something that, you know, you'd be interested in, you'd be proud of. Um, And I try to, you know, really shoot for that with all my rewards. That way it's something that, you know, I, I am fine putting my name on it. It's something that I'm proud of. It's something that I can see myself getting. It's actually why I wanted to do the video here. I got the, original art page uh, oh, wow. from Chris for that uh, double page spread with the great horn. And, and, you know, just like finding something like that, a, a unique reward, a unique way to make your campaign stand out. Something that, you know, people who are really passionate about it can really buy in on and, and have a, you know, a kind of a unique piece or, or at least, a, you know, feel like they're getting a, a good reward for buying it. How do you find, or how did you find, um, like the the variant covers for kickstarters starting to get more mm-hmm. and more popular and some yeah. some kickstarters are crazy man like some kickstarters have like five six seven variants and then there's like the and i always think about buying one because i'm just like a, i'm just a little dirty boy but like the nude the nude <laughs> variants like yep. they it's, it's they just intrigue me i don't know i feel i buy a lot of pinup variants like mm-hmm. but like they're clothed um, but like, you know, I, I really like David Nakayama covers and, uh, Shannon Mayer mm-hmm. and, and they draw very beautiful women, but you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're not naked, but I, that's like this new thing on Kickstarter is like, you know, like, Oh, get, get this variant and then get this variant, but nude. And I'm always like, maybe I will. And then I'm like, no, do like, do I really want to pay like 30 bucks for cartoon boobs? I don't know. Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not rolling in the dough. You know, I'm not, I don't have that. I don't have that titty money, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not oh, there yet, sure. man. <laughs> but, but to more to get back to like the, the serious aspect of it, but 
the variants are becoming a more important part of Kickstarter. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing them, you know, all the time. And so how did you find, how did you find your variant artists? Like did, are these people you knew or did you just kind of like their art and you're like, Hey, I'm doing this comic. Like you want to do a cover for it? Like, yeah, honestly, like it's basically exactly that second one. Like it was uh, again, browsing just, you know, Twitter, DeviantArt, just whatever, and uh, finding people whose art stuck out. It was nice with this book because, you know, I knew it was a kaiju book. That was what I wanted to focus on. So I was, I kind of narrowed down my search to, you know, more specifically kind of kaiju and monster artists, which helped because that's kind of a niche um, Mm. genre. But there's a lot of great, great artists that do a lot of it. Um, so yeah, it was again, just, you know, finding people reaching out and, and especially the first one, um, you know, I, I didn't, I was fronting a lot of the money. So it was like, I couldn't, you know, couldn't reach out to anybody who was like super established or anything. But again, one of the nice things about now is there are so many awesome out- artists out there that they're trying to get their work out there too. And I think that's the appeal of variance is it's another piece of art, you know, it's, it's something it's a cool, and it's cool to see different takes on your characters, on your comic. Like, it's crazy to see them come to life at all, but then especially to see, you know, like, different artists' interpretation of, of the characters you have in your head, it really starts to make it real. It really makes it start to, makes them start to feel like real characters. And uh, so I think it's just, you know, it, it kind of adds another layer of, like, here's different takes. This really makes this a character. This You get these great art pieces with it, and you get a lot of artists, you know, and a lot of people use, um, you know, really established artists, which is obviously great if you can do it because, you know, they're established for a reason. They're probably really good at what they do, but it's cool too, to be able to give some kind of lesser known artists, um, some exposure that way too. And to just, you know, kind of see what, what they can do with your character and, and how they can bring it to life. Yeah. That's dope. The, the, I still cannot believe it, it was Mar- Martha's cover, right? Was the yep. the crazy one? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. said she's she's coming back to do a new variant too. I I asked her to come back for all six issues as soon as she sent me that because it was like this is. I mean, you want to talk about eye catching? Like, there's nobody yeah. who's going to see that and not at least pause. It's just it's incredible, and she does all her own colors too. So it's you know the line works incredible. Her monster designs incredible. Her um, you know, just aesthetic design sense in general is incredible, but then to be able to really bring it to life in such a unique way, like there's no other artist I've seen that is able to draw, um, draw monsters the way she can and bring them to life in that crazy fashion, which works so well, even when it seems like it shouldn't. Um, but it, it really does. So she's, yeah, I, I loved her first one and I'm excited to have her back and I'm, she's, I'm planning on keeping her around as long as she'll keep doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's I, I, so. If if uh, for people that are going to come back for the second campaign, I, I'm imagining mm-hmm. you're going to be able to get issue one again, right? Like, do you yep. do you do you have any of her variants left, or did they those sell out? I do. So I I ordered a a good amount of hers because they were they were. I mean, yeah, it was one of the most popular items in the whole campaign was her um, was her variant. So I did. Uh, I did order some more, so there'll be there'll be like catch up, um, just kind of general with the the normal the cover A's, but then you'll also be able to get hers, um, you know, her, both her new one and her first one. So yeah, there'll be for people that are interested, there'll definitely be ways to get that cover. Very cool, yeah, because it's, I, I mean, it did. I didn't I didn't see that till I clicked on your campaign page. I'm trying to remember how I came across your Kickstarter. I'm pretty sure. 
I came across um, your Kickstarter from like the Kickstarter referral program where like everybody uh-huh. does a campaign and and then they're like, oh, thanks for backing my campaign. Here's like five more awesome looking campaigns. And then and then you mm-hmm. click on those campaigns and then each one of those has five more awesome Kickstarter campaigns. And I love like the Kickstarter solidarity, but like, man, it's, it's like, I'll go through and then all of a sudden man, it's, it's, it's like, Oh yeah, I'll back this, 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 there's the 15th of the month. And Kickstarter's like, sup fat boy, you owe us like 400 bucks. And I'm like, Oh shit. Oh yeah. Do <laughs> For sure. And it was, I mean, I was fortunate. And again, you know, the indie comics community, the Kickstarter community is just such an incredible community. It's very, Again, it's just, it's honestly just so positive, man. Like it's people wanting to make cool stuff, supporting each other, you know, hyping each other up. Like people get excited for your work, even if they're not connected to it. And yeah. that's, you know, that's awesome. Um, awesome to see. So I, I did, uh, did kind of cross promote with a couple of different campaigns and I'm actually kind of taking that to the next level um, with this one. Uh, so there's a uh, someone. So Ishan is coloring another book called Sacrifice. I don't know if you you're familiar with that Kickstarter at all. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of it, it's this it almost like Constantine esque character um, battling some demons and stuff. Um, it, but it's, it's by this guy named uh, Laurent Valles Jr. and he's awesome. Um, but he's we're actually going to do a uh, uh, crossover poster for the backers of both campaigns. Nice. And so, again, it's just, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, you can, um, you know, find another creator who's doing cool work and come up with something unique, a way to, you know, to kind of hype up both campaigns, people get something unique out of it. So, um, you know, I'm trying to, that's another avenue. That's something new that we're doing for this campaign. Who's the writer of this ser- of this other series? Uh, Laurent Valles, L-A-U-R-E-N. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I Yeah. I know what Called you're talking sacrifice. about now. Yes. Yeah, so his uh, his issue two will be launching later in October too and we'll we'll have and the the nice thing is, you know, it won't be anything additional if you back both books, you get the poster. Uh, it's no like additional, you know, charge or reward tier or anything like that. But it but you know, just kinda looking at it as a whole, it's like stuff like that is I mean, like you said, it can get very expensive because you're like, oh, well, that looks cool. Oh, well, that looks cool. Oh, well, that looks cool. You kind of go down this wormhole. And then, like you said, before you know it, all those campaigns end and you're down a couple hundred bucks. But as a creator, it's really nice because, it, you know, it, it helps you network. It helps you find other stuff that's interesting and, and work with people. And it offers, it lets you offer something unique to people who aren't, you know, if people who are interested in both books, it'll probably be a pretty cool, you know, crossover something they'll take. So. Yeah. Well, so I've actually, adjusted my whole comic buying like philosophy so like i've cut back very intensely on on my pull list from like Mm -hmm. from the comic shops so that i can buy more kickstarters i like buying hardcovers and stuff as you can see behind me like that's Mm -hmm. i i'm you know i'm i'm usually a trade waiter i got back because i started doing this and the blog and and getting to know indie people I mm-hmm. kind of started getting back into singles. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, man, I, I pulled back just because it was like, there was a lot of stuff where I was like, I felt like I was buying stuff because I had to, because I was like, well, I've already got 11 issues of this series. I got to keep buying it because I, 
like it'd be dumb to stop buying it now you know and then you know then i would have to i would have to start like get something digitally on kickstarter and then when then get all like pissy about it when people post like their mail haul videos and i was like oh well like i just got this pdf i didn't get like the cool variant you know with like <laughs> the bookmarks and the stickers and like all the other cool shit you get so like i've i've changed kind of like how i'm collecting comics because of kickstarter uh and i and i like that i i like I like supporting it. I like getting to know the creatives. Um, you know, I like, I like that passion. Uh, the, the guys that, uh, Tony Gregori and David Crispino, who I, I just put an episode out with them. Like <laughs> David was like, I was talking about how cool, like talking to Kickstarter guys is. And David was like, it's cause we hungry. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but I mean that, that passion's there, man. And it's, it's cool to, you know, like you, I haven't talked to like a Kickstarter pro that's like burnt out, you know, like, I feel like you got to love comics a little bit more to like go this route and put everything on your shoulders. Like, Oh yeah, I'm going to have to do podcasts and promo my own stuff. I'm going to have to find a colorist and a letterer and an artist and make sure I pay these people. Right. And you know, like I got it. I mean, I understand like people have help too, but it's just like, you're taking a lot of responsibility on your own, you know, whereas like, you know, a lot of indie publishers still expect you to do all that yourself too, but they, 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 they help in some ways. And this is just all you and your shipping production all that, you know, like, and, and I never really thought about like the horrifying parts of shipping until I started talking to oh, you guys. <laughs> man. It, well, and I, and I, I 100% agree. Uh, one, it's, it's kind of funny cause I've actually done the same thing. Um, when I got back into it, same, like I, I started buying a ton of, you know, floppies from the store and yeah, like my pull list was getting ridiculous. It was getting expensive. And also like, I wasn't even sure what was going on in half the books anymore. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't, like I haven't read this in like a month. I've read like 12 other comics. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on, but like, like you said, you feel compelled to buy it. You're like, well, I started the series. So I got to like, keep going. Um, but yeah, I'm at the point now where saying, you know, I, most of the, most of the um, individual comics I buy now are from Kickstarter. Uh, you know, do, still like doing, I still get some, um, you know, floppies and I do like doing the trades, but I think what you said about the passion and the hunger is a hundred percent true. Cause like most of the people on Kickstarter, I, I would guess like, this isn't our job. You know, this is, I consider this a hobby. It's something I'm very passionate about. I love it, but it's not, you know, like this isn't my job. This isn't my, mm. um, you know, my livelihood. This is something that I just want to make as well as I can. And so I'm trying, you know, so you, you do, you, you're just, you're doing everything because you want to do it. You're trying to make it the best you can because it's, you know, something you're proud of and you want to put out something that, you know, if you're going to go and do all this stuff, there's no point in not doing it a hundred percent. Like you're not just trying to cash a paycheck. You're trying to create something that you'll be proud of, you know, that you think people will like that, you, you know, you can talk to, um, you know, the people who read it that you can talk to your friends about and they're like, yeah, man, this is awesome. You know, and that's, that's the, that's what you're going for. That's the goal here. It's not just um, making something because it's like, Oh, I got to put out a couple of issues this month to, you know, to pay the bills, which, and it, you know, and I get that there's, 
a lot of passion behind that too. But this is just, you know, purely, I want to make this because I think it would be really cool. You know, it's something I want to be proud of. It's something I want to see in the world. Um, and then, and like you said, it, it is a, you, you're basically a one man, you know, or a small, a very small business. Cause it is, you've got to do the whole thing from the jump all the way to completion. You know, you got to find the team, you got to, uh, you know, set the deadlines, make sure everything goes right. You know, printing, promotion, yeah, all of it, especially if you haven't done it before, like it's a huge learning curve. And, you know, I still, you know, like my second one, I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing with half the stuff. Like, I feel like I'm still <laughs> learning so much about all of it just because it's, you know, there's so many different ways to do things. And um, fortunately, again, that community is very supportive. There's a lot of people out there that will help you know, kind of teach you and, and, you know, save the mistakes they've made so you can learn from their mistakes, uh, you know, before you do it yourself, which is, is just awesome to have that group of support. But even, even with all the support and everyone behind you, like at the end of the day, you're ultimately responsible. You got to make it happen. So, you know, it's, it's a, a passion project. It's a project of love. And I think that comes through in most of the books, like very, very few uh, kickstars I get, do I feel like are low quality? Cause you can tell like somebody took the time to, to make it as best they could. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like that's another thing I've recently, it, it amuses me, but I also dig it. There's this like new obsession and kind of like how people judge a Kickstarter is like, uh, like the card stock and paper stock and, and like this, the new, like the actual printing material and stuff, the paper that it's printed on. And I didn't really think about it until, you know, a few months ago, but I do notice that like, you know, when you buy these comics, like these, these big two books, man, you know, like they're, they're, they all have moisture wrinkles and they're all flimsy and like, mm -hmm. and, and you know, like it's, you, you bag them and like you, I feel like you have to bag them and board them right away or they're going to fall apart or something, you know? Whereas yeah. like, you know, Kickstarter, I like that feeling where like I have to check every time I turn the page. Cause it feels like two pages are stuck together, but they're not. And the, the you know, the, the weighty cover and it just feels good in your hands and it feels good to turn the pages and the colors look good, you know? And like, I, I that's another part that I like about Kickstarter. And, and a lot of people are still complain about like the extra price and the, and, you know, paying for shipping and stuff on top of it. And it's, and I get it, you know, like sometimes man, de depending on what kind of deal you back, you may pay $15 for a single issue. Uh, mm -hmm. It happens sometimes, but you know, I, I, and, and a couple people mentioned this to me, Charlie, Charlie Stickney, who works at scout mentioned it is it's like, yeah. if, you th if you think about it, like variants, you know, like this Kickstarter cover, if, if they're, you know, if, if 250 people back it and you guys print 300, you know, and print or print some extra to sell it cons or wherever that you might go to, you know, try and get your name out there, you know, mm -hmm. then, then you're, you've turned into, you're not just buying a $15 comic. Now you've now bought a one in 400 variant essentially which hundred percent and and i've paid man i mean i was addicted to the store exclusive variants for a while like <laughs> i was i was paying 20 bucks an issue for like the new x-men books to get like the the crazy unknown variants and stuff and like and so like i guess i i wasn't the one that was like you know it didn't bother me that the kickstarter fee uh but other people still talk about that and they're hesitant to back stuff and i'm just like I try, I, I scream, I scream about it online, man. I'm like, like back Kickstarters, man. Like these, it's just, you feel, you feel good about it too. It's, I don't want to like, 
offend anybody by saying this, but it's like, you know, it's, it's almost like you're donating to creativity when you, you know, you, you're, mm -hmm. you're a consumer, but like, I'm like actually like putting money into like someone's dream, you know, like, yeah. whereas if I buy a Marvel comic book, like that shit's just going to Disney, man. Like they don't need my money. You know, I'm yeah. not, I'm not making a huge difference by buying a Jonathan Hickman comic. Like no, <laughs> X-Men's coming out next month, either way, you know, like exactly it is what it is. And, and that's, and I, I mean, one is a, as someone who backs Kickstarters, I agree with you. And as someone who has now made one, like it's, I still agree with you. It's, you are like, you're, you're, I look at it as, you know, again, these are passion projects. These are, you know, a, a lot of people's on Kickstarter, their dream to make a comic. This is the way they think they can do it. When you're back in that, you're helping bring that dream to life. You know, I guarantee you every Kickstarter that gets, you know, funded, the person is way more excited than whoever wrote, you know, the latest issue of whatever big two book. And, you know, and again, it, it sounds harsh on them. And, uh, you know, I still read Marvel comics. I dig them. And, you know, there's a lot of awesome creative people there, but, when you're at like the level where I'm at or a lot of Kickstarter creators are at, like if we don't have people supporting us, we don't get to make comics. You know, yeah. it's not, it's, it's, this is something that we need help. We need support with, and we're very lucky that Kickstarter exists and we're very lucky this community exists because it allows us to, you know, to bring it to life and to make it happen when most of us probably wouldn't be able to otherwise. So it is, you know, you're, you're making a big difference you know, every time you back somebody's book and especially I do also now you know, try to keep an eye out for uh, newer people on Kickstarter, you know, people who are working on their first, second project, you know, who you can tell, like, they're just, you know, they're, they're hoping to get it done. And a lot of them, again, you know, it, they're first time creator, but that quality is there just because the passion is there. Like they've poured over every detail probably more times than, you know, most editors would just because they're so worried. They're so passionate about it. They want to make it as good as possible. And, you know, so it's awesome to be able to help help all that work come to life and bring it actually into the world and, and let them, you know, see it and have it have it exist. How did you uh going going back to sacrifice and Lauren? Um mm -hmm. so like no uh I've I feel like a I it took me a, a second to connect the dots. Uh Lauren Lawrence is a big fan. Lauren Lauren is a big fan, not Lawrence. Can't talk. Lauren is a big fan of my blog. And um he's in the Blake's Buzz Discord and he's been showing me some sneak stuff at his he because he's about to go for issue two mm -hmm. of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, like, I got to see the new cover he had, he had made and he's super pumped about it. Um, yeah. did, did you got, did you just meet him? Like just random Kickstarter crossings or, uh, so actually he reached out to me. So it's fan is, are, is the colors for both of us. Okay. And so that was kind of the connection was he hit me up. He's like, Hey, you know, yo, like it stands doing your book. He's also doing mine. I'm just about to launch it. Like if you could, you know, like just as a heads up, you know, if you want to check it out. And I looked at it, it looked awesome. And uh, just talking to him, like, he's a, again, he's a super passionate, super awesome dude. Like, you know, he's got, like, he's got an awesome idea and he's working really hard to, to bring that idea to life. And, you know, I, I haven't got to read the first issue yet, but everything I've seen, it looks awesome. And I, you know, I think it's, I think he's a really talented dude. Um, and so, yeah, it was just kind of one of those mutual connection type things. But again, it's one of those things where once you get to talking to people in this community, talking to other creators, like, you get that passion, you get that, you know, and people are excited again, like he was, you know, he was like hyping me up excited about territory too, which is cool to, you know, get that actual feedback. Cause again, a lot of the backers, 
you know, you still don't really hear from it's awesome. You appreciate the support, but you don't necessarily hear from them beyond that. But so to have somebody kind of reach out and do that. And then, um, you know, it was just, his, you know, with what he had going on and it just seemed like such a perfect fit. So it was kind of a, uh, you know, just a lucky coincidence, I guess. So we both had the same colorist, but I'm really excited um, kind of with both of our issue twos to see how this goes, kind of working more closely together. And the um, the poster we have, I'm going to butcher her name. It's Alaire Rasticot, who's yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, who is, she's, I mean, she's incredible. She's a great artist. So I'm, I think the, the poster is really going to be awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not a, she's got a, she's got a, that's a name, sir. That's a, that's a good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good that's a good name to have draw you some pretty pictures. That's dope. Oh yeah, very excited. And, I, and again, like he had actually worked with her before on a I think a webcomic in the past. So you know, and that's and that's just it's this community is very tight knit and very willing to help each other out. And and that's the thing I think, you know, and that's the other thing too is as a creator, you want to invest back into the community. You want to back other people's books. Mm-hmm. You want to check out other projects. You want to be hyping up other people's stuff. You know, not just because you're hoping that it'll come back, you know, to your project, but, you know, if you want to, you know, there are so many cool, uh, talented people out there. And so if you, if you start reaching out, if you start looking into other people's stuff, like you're going to get to meet some really cool people and you might have some opportunities to create something that you wouldn't have been able to, if you hadn't, you know, bought into the community. So as a, as a newer face in Kickstarter, that you're, you're about to launch your second campaign. What, Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on like, so we got, I, I fell into some, some online discourse drama today. Cause I had voiced an opinion, <laughs> uh, but uh, like, what are, what are your thoughts on like uh, people like, uh, and I, not to throw anyone under the bus or anything, but like uh, Scott Snyder doing his Noctera director's cut on Kickstarter or, mm-hmm. or boom and Keanu Reeves doing their initial launch on Kickstarter. Like so I've talked to some pros on here on, on my show and they've, they've said, you know, it, they thought it put more eyes on Kickstarter and, and made Kickstarter seem like a more legit option. Uh, Cause you know, there was a time where people were like, Oh, you're self-publishing, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's very much like that in, in like the literary world with like novels and poetry and stuff. Like there's mm-hmm. still a stigma of self-publishing like it, it. And I think that with comics and Kickstarter and crowdfunding, that's starting to go away. Some people attribute that to like the recent uh, like, you know, cause of COVID and uh, mm-hmm. and some of the bigger names going to Kickstarter, but like, I mean, what, what do you think? Like, do you think that's like offensive or do you think they're like somewhere they don't belong? Or are you just like, man, if more people, if, if people come for Keanu and stumble across territory, like we're cool with it. <laughs> that's uh, it's, uh, it's totally that like, I'm a, you know, uh, what is it? Rising tide raises all ships, you know, like it. And, you know, I, I get why people are offended. It's like, you know, does he need crowdfunded money to make a comic? No, he could pay for it and whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, you, again, if you have, you know, if he brings a couple thousand more people onto Kickstarter, like that's a couple thousand more potential backers for everybody, yeah. you know? So I, I, I do see that as a win. Um, and, it, and plus I think too, people, I think it's hard for some people, like they get their idea and, and with counter reads it's different, obviously, cause he's, you know, done a whole bunch of stuff inside comic books, but some of these bigger comic pros, like, you know, these dudes aren't millionaires. Like, it's not like these guys are just, you know, like 
have enough money to do whatever they want. Like a lot of these guys are still, you know, if they really have a passion project they've been working on, like this is probably the best way for them to do it too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's going to get bigger numbers and bigger names and more press and all that. But like they've worked to get to this point, they've put in, you know, they've put in their work, they've been in the industry, they put out all these books. So I, it doesn't offend me. I, you know, yeah, I, I hope it brings more people Kickstarter, you know, again, cause yeah, the more people who are aware of Kickstarter, who are looking at it, that's just more potential backers for everybody. Um, and I do think, you know, it's, it's a shame to hear that about kind of the other publishing world, as far as like novels and, and pose and prose, poetry and stuff, because to me, like self-publishing, it is, to me, it's a mark of, this is somebody that was so determined to get this out that they were willing to do anything. You know, mm-hmm. they were willing to do all of it by themselves just to get this out so other people could see it. Like, that's not a bad thing. That shows me that this is somebody who really cares. Like, if, they, if they're not passionate, they're not going to go to all that work. That's so true. if you have a self-published anything, you know, a self-made film, a self, you know, people that are doing it themselves, like, they're not doing it because... They're just like, oh, sure, whatever. I'll just, you know, kind of send this out there and see what happens. Like, there's a lot of work to get to that point. Yeah. So they're obviously passionate. They're obviously dedicated. Um, I, like I said, I feel very fortunate that Kickstarter is around. I do think it, at least with comics, it, it, it is a major player now. Like, there's, you know, you, you see the names, you see... And it's not just individual writers, it's companies and stuff too. You know, IDW puts out like Power Rangers stuff. Like there's big, big IPs, big projects that go on there. It's a very real player, um, but it's still a very creator friendly player. It's still somewhere that, you know, new creators, people who, you know, are doing it because they just have an idea. They just want to do it that badly are able to go, you know, step up and at least have a chance. And that's, you know, as an, as someone new to the game, that's what you want is you want to be able to have a chance. You want to be able to put something out and, you know, hopefully get enough people to buy into it that you can make it happen. So, so going back to, um, going back to the story that we've, we've talked, we've talked about like, you know, you, how territory came to be and, and, uh, and the, the stresses and pleasures of, of launching a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that really surprised me and um, made me want to, made me want to do an interview with you and, and pretty much like sold me on getting issue two whenever it's ready was, uh, and I think I mentioned this to you when, when we were talking about scheduling a time, was like so i was raised catholic and and like mm-hmm. i went to catholic school forever because my dad made this promise to my mom and, and my grandma was very religious so like before they got married you know my dad was like hey I'll, I'll i i promise you i'll put our kids through private school and that would like impress my mom's family and and there was times where my dad was working like three fucking jobs to have my sister and I in private school. Um, but the whole deal of like, you know, as I got older and, and you, and you have questions and, and sometimes you ask those questions and people are like, well, don't just don't ask the question. And it's like, well, no, that's not the right answer, you know? And so you kind of have this critique of, of blind faith in the, in the story of territory. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, there's very much like a religious background. It's, you know, it's, I mean, it's very widely different than like Catholicism. It's, it's, you know, like it's very, it's tribal and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's raw and it's, it's very interesting. Uh, but it's definitely there of like, you know, the, the, the way, um, Oh, Akia, Akila, oh, wow. Alkia, Alkia. Oh, mm-hmm. I put the L in the wrong place. It's, uh, it's but... all, good. all the names are weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you, I mean, you know, like she's, she's kind of, uh, you know, like hesitant to, to break away from that belief system, even though these things are like staring her in the face and, and her, her life's kind of not doing what she wants it to. Uh, so like, how did, I, I mean, where, where did that element of the storytelling come from? Cause I mean, that's a, that's not a deal that you see in, in a, in a traditional like Kaiju story, right? That's a very deep, like meta narrative that, that, that was like carefully thought out and well done, I might add, but like, how did that part come to be? Well, I'm, I'm glad you appreciated it. And it's actually kind of funny because, um, if I when I wrote it, I the the target audience I had in mind, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, was Catholic school kids, and it was exactly that. It's, <laughs> well, you did it. <laughs> well, yeah, but and and you know to expand on that, like it's somebody, and it, it's not just Catholic school, but it's just you know they're kind of it's like you know kind of I guess stereotypical, but um, you know yeah, it's that same thing that you are raised with basically one belief your whole life, and you're told to not question it, you're told to not you know, look at, look at for answers outside of what that belief provides. And to me, um, that is an extremely dangerous thing. Like any, any form of intellectual suppression is inherently dangerous to me. And that the whole concept behind it um, was dangerous. So it's funny, because that was actually like, if I had to choose like a group that you know, would probably understand this, like understand what I was going for. Um, that was kind of the group that I had in mind. As far as where it came from, I'm not religious. I wasn't raised religious. Um, I've just, and uh, I, I guess it's just, that's always been something that has intrigued me about religion is that idea of like, well, don't look for answers because we always have them and it's always the same one. And again, that's a, you know, a very broad generalization, you know, um, there's a lot of, you know, religions that, that teach different things and, and a lot of religious people that do seek answers other ways, but um, especially historically in a lot of religions, like that's kind of been, um, you know, something that's been pushed. And that, again, that, that danger to me is just, is very real and is very interesting. Like you get people to believe something so much that they'll refuse to even ask anything else. And like, why does that happen? Why is it so powerful? You know, it's something that's happened across cultures, across time, you know, and all sorts of different religions, all sorts of different cultures, all sorts of different time periods. So it's obviously a very powerful thing, but you know, why does it, why is that so appealing and why does it keep happening? Um, and so again, you know, I, I wanted to tell a kaiju story, but I wanted to make it different. Um, and so, and one of the things that like, especially Godzilla to me has always been this kind of awe inspiring figure, especially, you know, what he was kind of originally designed as is he's this, you know, not a holy figure, but almost a divine terror. And he's just this, you know, godlike being of destruction. And so if you take that awe-inspiringness of these giant monsters, and then you build around that, like if, you know, if something like that were to actually be in our world, like people would worship it, there would be religions mm -hmm. built around it. And so, you know, and then kind of the tribal nature of because uh, I wanted to do kind of an environmental message too. you know, it's post-nuclear, post-apocalyptic. We're getting back to kind of our, our primal roots, our tribal roots. And religion plays into that huge too. Um, the whole, like, and the main story is, I'd say, kind of like religious philosophy. It's, uh, Kia is the main character and it follows her journey as she goes from, yeah, she's right now, she's, you know, very zealous. She's been raised, you know, she's kind of next in line to take over this 
um, you know, kind of head of the religion um, role. But like you said, things are changing. She's starting to experiencing more. She's growing up. And also the world around her is changing and the blind faith isn't going to work anymore. And so when you have somebody who their whole life has been told to not question and to believe one thing, and then all of a sudden they have to because everything's different now and everything's changed, how do they react? How do they grow? You know, will they push back? And and not just her, but the tribe around her. And then there'll be some other, a lot of other human characters as well who will really emphasize that conflict on, um, you know, wh- how what do we do when our beliefs are challenged? How do we grow? Um, when we're forced to change our beliefs, you know, what, like, how do we handle that? Do we just dig in or, you know, do we make a change and, you know, and different people handle it different ways and different characters throughout the story will handle it different ways. So that's actually kind of the the core of the story is all that, um, you know, kind of meta narrative, that religious kind of asking those philosophical questions. And it's just done in this setting that, like you said, probably normally wouldn't have that kind of um tone to it or normally wouldn't be asking those questions but to me it just kind of actually all makes a lot of sense like you basically have these divine beings let's use them as that and play around with what their impact is so see that's just wildly aggravating that when you're like i I just i i never really did much writing before and and then i just and then i just came out with this this really intense kaiju story and then i and then i added like this this faith-based narrative tactic into it and just like man i mean you really did a good job with it like nothing felt like nothing felt like it was beating you over the head with dogma right like your world building was supernatural um and organic you know and the way you introduce like this this tribal way of life uh this new world I mean, and, and you, you had a, you, you did this all in one issue so far, you know, and, and on a, on a crowdfunded issue uh, and, and where, you know, you took, you took some big narrative risks uh, and they, they paid off for you, I think. Uh, and I mean, I'm really excited to like, see where you take these, the, these following five issues, man. Cause I mean, I, the, I, I think you got the, I think you got the, the storytelling bug in you, dude, you got the passions there. You, you got some really cool ideas. Uh, I mean, you have some really awesome artists that are helping you tell your story, which helps too. But Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like you, you did something really cool with this first issue that, that really surprised me that, that turned this story into something that I wasn't expecting at all. And, 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 I like how a couple times we've both mentioned the dangers, like dangers of blind faith, dangers of like giant monsters and kaiju and the like, and there's, so like, I like how that adds like a, a dangerous element to it. Like, especially in this new world where survival is so key, like hunting, you know, like uh, the whole premise of the first issue is they're hunting this deer and then the, the, the kaiju comes and they have to hide, you know, and it's just these, She's these two kids and this giant monster. Like, what the fuck are you going to do if it finds you? You're screwed, you know? So this, there's this huge survival element. And then there's also this like lingering, like you kind of sprinkle the drama of like this society. That's that the, you know, like the head priest guy is kind of trying to hold together. And, and you can tell that that's not working as well as it used to, you know, like the, Uh the, the people are getting smarter than the, the mythologies that they build their life around and so it's i don't know man like yeah that you just have all these like these little crumbs that like i'm just picking up on the floor like collecting like following this trail that you're leading 
and i just i think it's i think it's really cool that this was like your first comic and I, it's just crazy that you just had this like you had this like itch and you're like oh i gotta scratch it and then you launched the successful kickstarter campaign of this really dope ass comic like I don't, I mean, a lot of people don't it, everybody says like now it's the easiest time to create but you know not a lot of people get to do what you do or their project doesn't fund or it does fund and you know like i've i've backed some kickstarter duds i would never name drop them you know or say right. like don't back this but you know like we talked about earlier some people sacrifice on a letter and the whole book is sacrificed because of it because it just doesn't look good or read well um you know sometimes the art kick kickstarter art man it's getting better but i mean there's there was some early stuff i backed you know a couple years ago where i was like oh god like you know like yeah. and it's and i i hate i don't like to i don't want to sound like an asshole but it's just you know like it it happens you know like it and and you didn't like you you beat you beat the odds man you, you like you found this good art team and, and like your story is awesome the, the world you made is awesome the characters you have are awesome like I'm really stoked. Like I'm glad you're gonna go six issues with it. Like I was gonna, that was gonna be one of my questions tonight. I wasn't sure how long you were gonna take it out, but I think that, I think that's smart, man, because that you could do that. You can do the six issues, and then and then you can even come back and do a trade, you know, and then like mm -hmm. with some bonus stuff and then like the cover gallery and all that good shit. Uh, are are you shopping it around? I know that's kind of the thing now. Is like once you get the actual comic in your hand, like you can kind of you kind of try and send it to publishers and kind of like try and get them to re-release it. Or are you have you messed with that at all? Or are you just kind of just working on getting it out? Um, so one, I I really appreciate it, man. Like it, you know it it was it was not easy. It didn't just all fall into place. Like it, <laughs> you know, it's not like uh, this is a story I came up with overnight. Like I said, a lot of this has been you know, in my head kind of for years and various, you know, uh, interpretations, I guess. And like I said, it was just finally kind of found the right medium for the, what I wanted to tell. Um, and as far as, as your question, I haven't shopped it to anybody yet. Um, I'm honestly not like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it at this point. It's, you know, I have, I have the six issues written. I have the story I want to tell. I have a good art, you know, an art team I love working with. And I, you know, I feel that we'll be able to make all six really create a one, you know, a whole cohesive thing. Um, I definitely could see uh, doing a trade, you know, either via Kickstarter or, or whatever. I, but at this point, I don't know. Um, I could see down the line once I get, you know, at least most of it made, maybe starting to shop it. But right now it is still honestly just kind of overwhelming. Like there's a lot, even just with the second issue and having, you know, kind of gone through the process once, there's still a lot that I'm learning and a lot of things mm -hmm. where like, I just don't, you know, I feel like I've still got a long ways to go before I would feel comfortable um, kind of reaching out and, and looking um, at something like that. I could, I'm not ruling it out, you know, I could see it down the line, but right now it's, you know, I feel fortunate that I have, I feel like I'll, I will be able to continue making them through Kickstarter. Um, and so that's the plan right now. Cause I just mostly, you know, or than anything, I just want to get it made. I want to get all six of them made. I want the complete story out there. And then where it goes from there is, you know, we'll see. I mean, obviously I would love for it to, you know, go elsewhere, but if it doesn't, if I can get it all made and, and to the um, degree that we've got it made so far, I would be very happy with it. Nice. That's cool that, when what uh so you said like it wasn't an idea that happened overnight which i mean i guess it, it would be cool if you like woke up from like a dream state right and you were like oh yeah 
I've got it. Yeah. But like, so That'd you, be amazing. <laughs> you've, you've got these six issues scripted. Like, um, are you, are you a tight scripter? Like, do you get real like uh heavy on description or are you one of those guys that kind of, you know, you give like a loose, a, a loose idea of what's going on on the page and you kind of let your artists kind of run with it. Like what's, what's your way of scripting a comic? Uh, I feel like it's pretty tight, especially at least the first drafts. And especially because when I wrote, when I originally wrote all six, I didn't have, I didn't know who the artist would be. I didn't have the creative team on board yet. So I didn't, you know, really know, uh, you know, so, so I, I, I was pretty descriptive because I had a pretty clear idea of what I wanted. Um, that being said, like the first issue, I think it was version like eight or nine that it ended up actually being for the script. The second one, I think is we're on version seven. Um, and so it's, you know, and as it's gone and as I've worked with Chris and Nixon and the whole team more, I've definitely, even if I write something in the script that is somewhat descriptive in, in the actual script itself, I'll talk to Chris about it and I'll be like, look, man, like, here's kind of what I have in mind. Here's my idea. Do your thing, you know, cause there's, he's, and he's the cool thing about working with him. And I think this is like the sign that not only is he a great artist, but he's a great creator and a great creative person is he'll come up back to me and he'll be like, so, you know, if I'm reading this, you're, you're doing this because, you know, you want this to happen or whatever. He's like, well, I think it would be cool if we did it this way, because that would get the message across in an even better way. And he's had some suggestions. I've been like, yeah, that's absolutely better than what I had written down. Let's go with that. <laughs> and he's done it and it's been amazing. So, um, you know, I, I do script it pretty tightly at first. I tried doing it loose and it just, I just couldn't, it, it was just hard to make progress that way for me. Um, but with this creative team now, uh, even if something is scripted fairly tightly, I'm not, I try to not say too attached to anything. Um, so that if he has, you know, an idea, usually, like I said, they're, they're pretty awesome. And usually it's better than what I had on the page. So I just kind of let him do his thing. And it, like, especially you mentioned the layouts earlier, and he's really good with that. As far as, you know, I'll have a couple of panels written and he'll say, you know, let's cut one or let's blend them or let's do this with the panels. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then it, you know, he'll make them really dynamic and it, it makes the story feel much better um, when he has, when he has some input too, I think. Nice. See, that was one of my, when I first started really wanting to write comics where like, you know, I read a lot of comics and, you know, I write short stories and I used to write some poetry and stuff, but like, you know, I, I have, I have a writing, I've, I was in an MFA program and I have a writing background and, but when I started getting interested in comics, man, it was it was really intimidating to think of of like, oh my god, I have to like tell this story and be like, panel one, this angle, a bird flies by, the sun is setting, and I'm like thinking of like all the little stuff you have to put right, and like that was my first impression. And you read some comic scripts, and some writers are like that, like they will mm -hmm. get really intense, and and then like. Uh, I love Tom King, right? I'm a big Tom King fan. And like Tom King scripts are like, uh, do what you want. Batman looks out a window. And it like says stuff like that in the script. It's like, like Tom King will be like, Batman says, hmm, make this look cool. And I'm like, oh, you can like 
still tell great stories and like and write this kind of vague script that's that's catering to your artist's eye that because that's what they do right they're you know like the, the writer writes you know we we are we are responsible for you know the dialogue and and what these characters kind of do in certain situations and and the and the artist helps us you know turn that into a, a visual part you know of like the not what not you know they may do and say this but their body language may make them look like this at this point and maybe instead of this angle we're gonna take the scene from another angle and and once i learned that like you could still write comic books and like not be the director necessarily like you know the the total okay. like it it kind of like took some weight off my shoulders but i'm still like i still got a long way to go for like scripting a comic like i got some ideas and and doing these interviews is super helpful like i, I would i guess i've made a joke earlier about stealing ideas and and it's not just that but like i one of the things i miss most about the mfa program some of it was garbage you know like it was i'm gonna be in debt forever because of it but there i also had some like really cool moments but i miss getting to talk storytelling I miss mm -hmm. the I miss the writing workshops and I miss stuff like that. And I've I've kind of found a little bit of that in these interviews when I get to talk to writers and artists and like, yeah, we nerd out. Yeah, we talk about comics, but like I also like to talk about the people and how the ideas come about and and writing. And it's just like I didn't realize like how much I miss that really until like I started doing these interviews and like talking to creatives. And I was like, like made me happier. I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome um and so yeah it's it's cool it's cool like talking to people because you know on twitter i talk to a lot of comic buyers you know like people are buying mm -hmm. comics we're reading them we're having fun and talking about them uh but you don't really get to uh talk to people a lot about the creative process i feel like and i think that's why my show is is more and more people are listening um hey I've, I've been lucky with guests like i haven't had any duds where it's just like, you know, like I'm not, I haven't had anyone where it's like talking to a rock, you know, it's mm -hmm. just like, yeah. like just say something, God, you know, like, so like, luckily, right. like I, I've, <laughs> I've been lucky with the guests, um, you know, and, and, you know, the, the content that you guys have put out and then, you know, just the, the like overwhelming like content on Kickstarter right now is just like crazy. And it's mm -hmm. cool to talk to people about that. But yeah, it's, I just, I missed, uh, I missed nerding out with people. And so I get to do this now and, and it's like helping the blog and the show and more people are listening. And I, I like to tell myself that like, you know, I'm, I'm helping people like reach, you know, I, I'd like to think that like people listen to the show and be like, yeah, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to back territory when it comes out. You know, I'm like, I like to think that, uh, you know, like make myself feel important. Like I'm part of your creative team now. <laughs> Well, and, and honestly, man, like you, you, you are like it, like I said, it's especially for, you know, the, the ones of us that don't have a huge following that don't, you know, that are still kind of new to this and are getting their foot in the door and, you know, trying to get people to notice them, like talking, you know, talking to you and, and your passion. And, and I totally agree. Like, I, you know, I don't have a lot of people in my like immediate, like real life circle, so to speak that, you know, I can just talk storytelling with. So it's cool to have, you know, outlets like this. It's cool to have this indie comics community where, again, it's people that are passionate. Like, people want to tell stories. People want to talk about it. People want to get better, you know? So, like, they'll talk to you about, you know, this is, this is you know, kind of what was going on. This is what I was thinking. And and like you said, you, you, total, you get, you know, not just the ideas, but getting the, the thought process behind it, kind of seeing how, you know, how people get to, 
to where they got in their stories and stuff is, is just fascinating to me. And that's, you know, like I said, these are ideas that, you know, I've had and I just didn't know how to tell them. And it was like a, re- a revelation, just comics as a storytelling medium. I do think it's a great storytelling medium because it allows so much flexibility, so much creativity. You can do so many different things with it that you can tell basically any story you want in a comic. I mean, there's so, look at how many genres there are. You know, I mean, there's all sorts, like you look at all the slice of life, romance stuff obviously the superheroes action you got stuff like this which is dystopic you know sci-fi like it's just there's all sorts of of things you can do with it and yeah i think you know and and being able to talk to uh people like you about you know that storytelling part of it not just the you know not just the the pictures and the words and the stuff you see but the process behind it is is awesome so yeah i mean i I appreciate what you do, man. And it's been, you know, I appreciate getting to to talk to the story with you. Like it's, you know, this is still, still something that's always kind of spinning in my head. So anytime I can, you know, kind of let it out and and let, let people in it, it's nice. Yeah. You're not, you're not like screaming into the void, you know, like (laughs) exactly. Exactly. That was, that was one of the, I mean, I, I guess like, so I was a bouncer for many years and I was like always at this bar and, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I was partying a lot too. And and so like on my one or two nights a week that I wasn't at the bar, I would be at another bar with friends. And then you end up back home at the, at the bar you work at. Cause it's cheaper to drink there. Right. So like, that's where you right. like, that's where you like in the night. And so like, man, I was, I was around people all the time. And cause I worked at a pretty busy place and and so like, it was just like nonstop. And then, uh, you know, I, I kind of had like a come to Jesus moment, I guess you could call it where I was just, I was kind of being, I was being stupid. And I, I now work in an office and like, and then COVID hit. Right. And, and like, I was kind of like, I like the, I like the peace and quiet, you know, like, I was mm-hmm. like, but, and then now I'm, now I'm getting to the part where you're, I'm starting to miss, uh, like, uh, you know, the football season's back. So like, you know, the, the friends come over on Sundays and we, and we watch football and I'm like, Go Broncos, like man, I'm... <laughs> all right, well, that's it for tonight, folks. <laughs> I had to do it. I, I knew at some point tonight it was going to come up. I couldn't just let it go. That's <laughs> uh, cool. At least, at least like Manning's not there. Like, God damn, man. When, when you got, when you guys had him and it was just like, A, like he's taken the playoffs from the Chiefs like a couple times from as when he was with the Colts. And then, and then he, and then he was like on the Broncos. And I was just like, God, I was like, God, it's just like, it's like all this grossness. I'm sure you guys loved it. You were like, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I was going to say, those are times are good, man. Now the tables have totally turned and we're like, fuck, man, we got to deal with Mahomes for how long? Like, Oh, dude, I, we're, we're still not used to it. Like I, it's, I was raised a chiefs fan. Like, um, my, my dad actually, uh, my, like we talked about earlier, my dad got me into comics and got me into football. Um, Same. oddly enough, my dad didn't really read comics. Uh, I was just kind of into them and, and <laughs> him and my mom would fight a lot when I was younger. Um, like, I mean, they, they never got divorced or anything, but they, there was some Rocky parts and, when they would fight real bad, like he would sometimes like take me and he'd like just to get out of the house and he'd take me with him. And and like, he took me to my first comic book shop, which was like nuts. I was like, there's like just a shop for like comics and toys and statues. <laughs> right. And so like, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he got me some of my first comics and, 
And, uh, but yeah, like ever since I was a kid, man, my whole family, like chiefs and Royals, like I was born the night the Royals won the world series in 85. Um, and my uncle like still gives me shit. Cause he was having this big world series party and he had to like cancel it. Cause his sister, you know, went into labor and he had mm-hmm. to go to the hospital and, uh, it's like and, your fault. Yeah. <laughs> and then they didn't do anything for 30, 31 years after but uh but yeah so um so yeah i was just a big kansas city sports was like i was raised that way and and i was just it was heartbreak city man like growing up it was like every now and then that you would you think they might do something and then they lose the playoffs and then they lose like we've lost more fucking playoff games you know <laughs> and then now like you know we have like this rock star quarterback and I don't know what's going on this year though, man. Like our defense is looking dirty and it's, it's not good, but you know, yeah. at least our offense is good. <laughs> well, you guys will bounce back. I mean, we're, I'm just like, Hey, I'm just happy that we're competitive again, man. I, you know, cause I'm <laughs> the same, like I was raised blue and orange. Uh, like the first, I was seven when the Broncos won the Super Bowl the first time. So I was like pretty much cemented. And my dad is, he is diehard. Like Sundays are football Sundays are Broncos. And I've, I was raised that way since, I can remember. Nice. So yeah, it was, you know, it's same thing like Broncos and it was, it was great for a long time, but last, uh, last couple of years have been a little rough, but <laughs> I hope we're on the, it looks like we're maybe on the upswing again, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it, this is funny. Cause I usually very rarely do I get to talk sports with, with, um, like I, I feel like there's a lot of wrestling fans in comics, but not a lot yeah. of like football and baseball. Like that, that crossover doesn't happen as much in, in this field. It's kind of, I, it's kind of funny. I agree. It, it seems to be, you know, kind of, and I agree with the rest. Like I've, I've personally never really been interesting. Nothing against it. It's just never been my thing, but yeah, I'm like constantly see people post about it and stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about, but you're clearly <laughs> enjoying it. So right on, go for I it. I have no idea, but it's like, what the, like three nights a week, man. Every every time the wrestling shows on, like oh, yeah. comic Twitter blows up, and oh, I yeah, always, like, I'm just like, I feel like I'm missing out on something. I was like, man, I don't want to be excited. Like I'm just, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I do enjoy. There's a lot of great fan art that comes out of it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, there's some crazy drawings that come out of it, and yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I you know like I'm happy for people. I'm I'm glad they enjoy it. <laughs> I personally don't get it. I like watching. You know, I'm I'm more football, but. Uh, it, it, I agree with you though. It's, it seems like there's not a, a huge intersection there usually. And it's funny because a lot of my football friends, you know, just don't have no real idea about comics either. It's just kind of, you know, oh, none, just, none of my, fr- yeah. Like thank, thank God for Twitter and stuff, man. Cause my, my mm-hmm. friends, like they'll watch like the, the big comic book movies, right. but no one really reads comics. Uh, yeah. a lot of my friends and I get, this makes me feel good. Like some of my friends listen to the podcast just to be supportive, but mm-hmm. a lot of people have, have and like my family and stuff have told me, they're like, you know, I kind of like listened cause like, you know, you're, we're related. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> right. oh, well, thanks. But then they end up being yeah. like, like, they're like, <laughs> but it's just, it's cool to like, hear you talk to these people. And a lot of people have told me like, Oh, well, you guys don't, just talk about comics and like i'm like yeah like that's what i wanted like i i mean even if even people that like and love comics as much as we do and and you're making them and and i you know i i'm i'm a comics journalist and a podcaster and and i you know i i do a lot of write-ups and stuff and it's like man i i still gotta like switch it up sometimes like i you know it's Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta step away from it for a second and again that's why i think more and more people are starting to listen to the show is because 
we do talk we talk about when we talk about life like uh, every now and then like you, you guys with your like families and kids and shit i don't get that stuff but you know like that pops up every now and then and like uh you know and like or just you, you know like just random random stuff and i think you know i think that's what makes it good you know like we want to read comics but it's cool to get to know the people behind them you know like 100, yeah 100 percent. and i think that's that's kind of it too is any sort of creative person or, or you know like people watch or read their stuff and they just kind of get this idea about them based off what they create and a lot of times like the person behind that is totally different you know like they've sure they make you know whatever they're doing but like they've got their whole life going on outside of it too you know very rarely is it someone that like just does that you know it's like everyone's a person everyone's got everything going on so yeah i think getting the getting the kind of you know peek behind the curtain and and see um and and like you said twitter is great for that because there are so many people on there interacting obviously it's mostly comic focused and you know that's kind of the main reason but you do kind of get a feel for like there's some people who you know I at least feel like I know somewhat just because of, you know, our interactions, you know, on Twitter or social media or whatever. Um, and it's funny. Cause like, and like you said, with family and stuff too, like for me, that was a big, a big inspiration was getting back into it with my kids and everything. And like my, like my kids have been raised on Godzilla. They love Godzilla. So when I brought this home, like they just love the big monster, you know, they don't, they're too young. They don't know. <laughs> they don't care what's going on, but like they love looking at opening the book and being like, cool, dad made a big monster. And like, you know, that's a huge, like, that's a huge point of pride for me that, you know, just getting to see stuff like that. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's the cool thing is, is yeah, just getting to, you know, come on, talk to people like you and, you know, yeah, like it's cool to talk to someone else that likes football and comics. Don't get to do that a whole lot. (laughs) Also, uh, I just want to let you know, just to give you hope for the future, my dad and I are, are really tight. Um, I mean, we, we argue and fight a lot, but like, he's like, I talk to him all the time, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, we have like a really good relationship. Um, and, and that's how he, he started me off on, he, he got me into Godzilla as a kid. So yep. hopefully your kids will grow up and won't hate you. That's the magic of Godzilla. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> Hey, whatever works. So that's, I've, I've pushed it pretty hard. So if that's, if that's it, I should be in pretty good shape, but that's actually funny. Cause my, my dad was the one that kind of introduced me to Godzilla as well. And, you know, so it's just, it's, it's funny. It's been a lot of, uh, a lot of parallels, a lot of similarities here. Yeah. Apparently it's a, it's a Blake thing, I guess. Yeah. Blake, Blake's and Godzilla's and Kaiju's and not trusting religion. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> no wonder i like your comics so much this is like, yeah, yeah it's, it's starting to make a lot of sense i found i found like a, a mirror of my life in the, in the pages of territory <laughs> just, yeah, man. it clicked on so many levels but it really did man like it, like i said i was i was sto- I, I was stoked for just the 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 promo imagery you put out you know and then like when I when I finally read the comic and I was just like, wow, this is deep. This is something. This is new. This is fresh. This is, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, and, and like I said, that that's got me excited. You know, I'll I'll be there for your other for your other issues. Like I'm, I got to see how the story plays out. I'm there. You got me. You got one. You got one backer. You just need like another what 200, 500, however many. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whoever wants to do it. But I, I appreciate, it, man. I mean, it's honestly though, it's it's so like. 
it's crazy because you you put all this work into putting something out there and you it's it's you honestly don't get a ton of feedback a lot of times like you know a little stuff here and there so to talk to somebody who, who clearly did enjoy it and stuff it it i really appreciate it like it, it's cool to be like okay at least i'm doing something right you know at least this is <laughs> connecting with somebody at least you know somebody gets what i was going for somebody's you know understanding because that's like you put stuff out there and like i said you know it's been in been in my head for years so like i it, it makes sense to me but it's like you know well it makes sense to everyone else so other people yeah. enjoy it as much as that and so to to get that sort of positive re- uh reception is is very very awesome man so thank you i really appreciate it yeah man no i'm I'm glad uh i don't i like it when i like it when i talk and and people listen like what i have to say <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a mutual it's a it's a mutual beneficial relationship kind of thing you know we're like I get I get to hype up stuff and then and then people are like oh wow you really got my story and then I feel smart and cool and then we, then we all leave happy you know and then and then and then and then everybody backs your Kickstarter and you get that you get that Blake's Buzz stamp of approval and then I make you rich. That's, how That's I go. right. <laughs> I'll be I'll, I'll you know make sure to be calling you out. Like, this is all driven by uh, yeah. <laughs> by by Blake the other Blake and you know two Blakes two Blakes together it's unstoppable you, get, you can't you can't stop yeah like one one Blake is crazy enough you get two of us together yeah. and then it's just a it's over it's, yeah it's it you're a it's a it's a boulder rolling down the mountain you can't stop it man That's um, right. so, <laughs> on that note um when when is the new campaign launching it, in the next couple weeks right or is it next month yeah or? Uh, it'll be in the next couple of weeks. So pretty sure it'll be October 25th, which is the Monday. Um, it just, you know, a couple of things want to make sure everything's kind of in place by then. But, uh, if it's not the 25th, it should be, you know, right around then, but that's, that's the goal. Um, we've got, so I've got the first, uh, 15 pages colored, um, already. So the book should be done, you know, pretty close to when the campaign launches, and uh, we do have some some new rewards this time. Uh, we we changed up the rewards a little bit just to because before you know the first one was pretty bare bones just because I just mostly wanted to get the comic made didn't you know didn't want to worry about anything else and, and I'm at the point now where I feel like uh, I'm I'm comfortable enough kind of adding some other things to it. So I think it'll be I'm, I'm, I I feel like the campaign is bigger than the first one. I feel like there's there's more options. There'll be some uh, some cool stuff for you know maybe some people who were looking for something in the first first campaign couldn't find it hopefully the, the second time around they will so and yeah late october october 24th october 25th uh hopefully should be good to go nice well i'll, I'll make sure i i scream at some people and make send them your way because like i said i i mean I, i've said it i've said it numerous times but i really do like your comic and you know if it, it would be really hard for me to talk to you for over 90 minutes <laughs> i just was like it was like yeah it was okay like i don't know <laughs> like it, I, it, I i'm very um i very much believe in like putting my money where my mouth is or vice versa you know like I, yes, I need guests for my show, but I also want to have people on that I believe in. And I also want to have people on that, like, you know, I don't, that I, when I tell someone to back a Kickstarter, I mean it, you know, like I, I put my money there too. You know, I'm not just, I'm not just, you know, blindly telling people like, oh yeah, this, this sounds cool. Like, no, like I backed this project. I put my money there. Um, you know, getting to talk to you was awesome. Uh, and, and I think, you know, like, I think we got a pretty solid up, ep- you know, two Blakes, one pod, man. Like we're going to do it. There's going to, this is going to, yeah. 
We did it. Yeah, just can't beat it. We did. <laughs> well, and like I said, man, I appreciate it. And you know, I think it, like you said, it's a it's a mutual thing where, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of content creators out there, but you can tell the ones who are passionate that are, you know, that are invested. They're not just like you know trying to put out content, just put out content. They they believe in what they're doing. And and yeah, this this is the longest interview I've ever had. But that just speaks to you know when you got you got somebody that uh, is passionate about it though and, and appreciates the work and. and understands what you're trying to do like as a creator there's really no more satisfying experience so this has been awesome i really appreciate it man i'm i'm looking forward to what you think on the second issue and uh hopefully we'll be doing this again down the road yeah man i'd, I'd definitely love to have you back on the show and, and talk about future episodes uh on a note on the longest interview you've ever had i don't know how to shut up all my like, that's that's been like my biggest fear of of like putting out these episodes because like so many people like there's, I don't know, there's just some bullshit rule of like, oh, you like a podcast that's over an hour long. Like someone said that to me a while back, like, oh, like your podcast is over an hour. And I'm like, sorry. And and then I, a guy who taught me a lot about podcasting, uh, shout out to to Fred Savage on Twitter or Fred the Savage. Uh, anyway, Fred's, Fred's like everybody's comic dad. He's like the best dude ever. But Fred, Fred told me he was like, he was like, it, the duration of your podcast only matters if it's boring. And he was like, when you talk to people, it's not boring. Like you get people excited. You're excited. You make your listeners excited. So like, I'm just trying to get people hyped for comics, man. And I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to get more people into the world of Kickstarter. Cause I think it's a great world. It's super mm -hmm. positive. There's crazy stuff going on. Um, you know, you, there's cool creatives. Uh, there's, you know, you know, there's, there's like the exclusivity of it, you know, like, Oh, I'm mm -hmm. one of 300 people that back this. Like there's only totally. three or 400 issues in the world. And I have one mm -hmm. of them now, you know, so I just as like a, collector like a exclusive part but you know like anyway i just i just dig it and I, I dig talking to creatives and i dig good comics and you're a cool creative and you have a really cool comic sir and i'm well, just thank you. I'm, I'm stoked for you i'm stoked for your second campaign and to see where your story goes um i know it's getting a little late so i guess uh to to do the polite podcast host thing is where i say uh I say, Blake, where can we find you on the internet? Where do we follow you? Where do we learn about you? <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate it. Uh, my main, probably the main place is going to be Twitter, which is just at BMC Comics. And then it's the same uh, same tag for Instagram. Um, but at, at, yeah, I mean, that's really that's really pretty much it as far as social media goes. And like I said, man, this, is, this has been awesome. And um yeah i mean like you said i think as long as it, as long as people are having fun while they're talking like that's that's what people want to listen to you know they want to hear people having fun they want to hear people have real conversations and so i appreciate it i appreciate you putting putting the word out and um yeah i'll, I'll be sending you a a you know a review copy advanced copy whatever you want to call it once it's ready so Oh we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll see what you think then. I'm down, man. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've seen it. Two Blakes simultaneously. One podcast, one comic. That comic is territory. It's going to be launching later this month. And it is a campaign that you guys need to back. He's going to have catch-up tiers. He's going to do digital. He's going to have cool variants. He's going to have a cool fucking story because the first one was really great. Blake, this was so fun, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Blake's Buzz was happy to have you. 
And I am super excited for issue two of territory, man. Like I'm hyped for it and I can't wait to read it. Yeah. I, I appreciate it, man. This was fun. And I appreciate you having me on looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, man. Go Chiefs Broncos suck. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I knew it was coming. I was waiting. <laughs>